Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness. It's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. It's a COVID update on this special episode of Vitality Radio Podcast. I'm Jared St. Clair. I'm your host each and every week. And these special episodes are a little different than what I do on the radio. I'm able to be completely unfiltered. We're going to talk about censorship on this episode. And we're going to talk about truth and how you may be able to find it a little easier by using the deception of those who are trying to hide it from us. That's what we're talking about today on Vitality Radio. I wanted to get into this uh, Joe Rogan hubbub that's started after he had Dr. McCullough and Dr. Robert Malone on his show. Now, I mentioned on the radio and on the podcast maybe a month ago that I would highly encourage you listen to those two episodes. You can go to Spotify, which is a free app if you don't have Spotify, and look at the Joe Rogan podcast. It's called JRE, Joe Rogan Experience, and look for Dr. Malone and Dr. McCullough. I would listen to both of those episodes. They're excellent, they're informative, and I believe they're accurate. And yet, in this world that we currently live in, anything that goes against the established narrative is considered misinformation, even if it comes from true experts in their field. So maybe you're hiding under a rock or something the last few days. You haven't heard about this. Maybe you're not a podcast listener generally, maybe just a few shows like mine. Maybe you've never heard of the Joe Rogan podcast. Well, Joe Rogan is a powerful, powerful voice in the world right now, as he has by far the most listened to podcast in the world. He signed a $100 million contract to be exclusive to Spotify. And up until this week, Spotify has essentially let him have free reign as to what he wants to talk about. And maybe he has free reign still, but there's going to be at least some level of censorship and manipulation moving forward, which has not been the case until this week. So Joe Rogan interviewed Dr. Malone, Robert Malone, who holds seven different patents on mRNA technology. Without him, it is unlikely there would even be mRNA vaccines at all. And the media and the people who are causing all kinds of grief for Rogan love to call Dr. McCullough and Dr. Malone anti-vaxxers because it's the same thing as calling somebody a conspiracy theorist or a flat earther. As soon as you're, you hear that, most people, particularly people who aren't necessarily interested in looking at the other side of anything they currently believe, most people just become dismissive. They just let it go and say, well, that guy isn't worth listening to. And especially if you've got an episode of a Joe Rogan podcast that runs three hours, it's a lot of time to invest in someone who is just an anti-vaxxer. Well, first off, I would highly encourage you to stop using that term, whether you are one who would be considered an anti-vaxxer since COVID 
vaccines have come out because anybody who hasn't gotten the COVID vaccine, like myself, is considered an anti-vaxxer automatically. We must be anti-vaxxers because we're not getting vaccinated. Well, that's not true because Dr. Malone and Dr. McCullough and likely you have been vaccinated for many things and continue to probably believe in vaccines and the benefits of vaccines. Now, I have my own views and opinions on vaccination. I believe that there are concerns across the board, not just with these vaccines, but it is very clear that these vaccines are the most dangerous of all. So they call him an anti-vaxxer because it discredits them automatically. But here's a guy who spent his entire career working on vaccines and mRNA technology so that that could be converted to vaccines. And then Dr. McCullough, who was on my show, episode 175 of the Vitality Radio podcast, is the furthest thing from an anti-vaxxer you could possibly imagine. In fact, when he was on my show, he specifically said, I just got my flu shot two weeks ago. His words, not mine. These people believe in vaccines. They don't believe in these vaccines. They believe that they are doing more harm than good. And I 100% agree with them. So they'll call them anti-vaxxers. They'll disparage them. They'll throw them under the bus because they don't agree with the narrative. But these people are brave and courageous individuals who are willing to risk their entire livelihood based on truth. And I admire that greatly. So what's happening at Spotify? Well, Neil Young and Joni Mitchell, Neil Young first and then Joni Mitchell, a couple of uh, clearly washed up musicians that some people think wrote good songs. I actually think Neil Young wrote a few good songs. I don't think he ever sang them all that well. <laughs> but for what it's worth, I'm not a huge fan of either one. So, you know, whoop de doo I'm not going to miss them. But they basically said, we're going to pull our music off of Spotify because of the disinformation that is being spread by the Joe Rogan podcast. And now, as of literally just an hour or two before I'm recording this, Graham Nash, another uh, old-time singer from Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and now India R.E., who actually is quite a bit younger than these other three, are now pulling their music as well. So Crosby, Stills, and Nash singer uh, Graham Nash says that he's pulling it because of disinformation spread on Rogan's show. And here's his quote. There is a difference between misinformation in which one is unaware that what is being said is false versus disinformation, which is knowingly false and intended to mislead and sway public opinion, Nash said. The opinions publicized by Rogan are so dishonest and unsupported by solid facts that Spotify becomes an enabler in a way that costs people their lives. Now, I don't know where you stand on this, but those are some really bold words. What he's essentially stating is that Rogan, with Malone and McCullough, have decided to intentionally put out disinformation so they can cost people their lives. That's the goal, and Spotify is enabling that. Now, you can think what you want to think about Rogan. You can think what you want to think about McCullough and Malone. But one thing you can't do, I don't believe, is listen to those episodes and say, these guys, they've 
mocked all this up for the purposes of hurting people. Now, I want to remind you something I believe is very important. We have to recognize that following the money matters. McCullough and Malone are losing money. They're losing opportunities. McCullough is in multiple lawsuits. His old school, Baylor University, is suing him right now because of his relationship with them, uh, making them look bad. This is not a good thing for McCullough and Malone at all. Like zero benefit from doing this. And these are doctors who have spent their entire career trying to do I believe, even though I don't necessarily agree with all of their methods, I believe intentionally trying to help people get well, not make people sick or dead. So for someone as clearly deluded as Graham Nash to say this is just, it's hogwash. It makes no sense. But if you're only willing to look at one side of the equation, regardless of what that equation is, then yeah, that's what you're going to get. And it's interesting to me that someone like myself, who's been looking at this since day one, I, I recorded episodes on COVID all the way back in March and April of 2020, when this thing first burst on the scene. And I didn't know what the heck I was even looking at at the time. I was giving the information that I had, but I didn't understand what was going on back then. But one of the things that's interesting is I've found through my career doing this show that the best way for me to prove my point is to go directly to the pharmaceutical company information, the CDC, the FDA, the World Health Organization, Big Food, Big Pharma, all of those guys and get the information directly from them to warn my listeners about what they are potentially trying to do to them, basically. So I don't generally look at the fringe information out there nearly so much as I look at the mainstream information out there because it's so incredibly easy to poke holes in it. It's really not funny. But I can tell you that these people, the Graham Nashes and the India REs and the Neil Young's of the world. These people, they're looking at one side. They, I would be shocked, absolutely shocked out of my mind if they listened to the McCullough podcast or the Malone podcast. I highly doubt that they did. They simply are listening to what Fauci and Biden and all the powers that be are saying. They're scared to death of this virus, especially these older folks like Nash and Young and Joni Mitchell thinking, I have to protect myself from this disinformation, but they haven't even looked at the disinformation to see if it's actually disinformation or not. Now, science is about debate. Science is about hypotheses. It's about theories. It's about those hypotheses being challenged until we find truth. And in this world right now, challenging, quote unquote, the science which, of course, Dr. Fauci claims to be the science, which in and of itself is absurd. Challenging the science is going to get you censored. There's a reason I do special episodes of the Vitality Radio podcast. I've been told to shut my mouth when it comes to some of the things that I've said 
on the radio. And I've never had that in 13 years of doing this. The only time I've ever been contacted by the radio station is during COVID when scared people complain that my disinformation is costing lives. So Spotify will add a disclaimer. They'll add a disclaimer to the shows that discuss COVID, which is a surefire way for you, the consumer of the Joe Rogan podcast, to know that the content in that podcast may actually be of great value. It's the same with Facebook fact checkers. I did a show a couple of weeks ago on fact checking the fact checkers. If you see something getting fact checked right now, when it comes to COVID, you've got a great guess that'll be near 100% accurate that those facts that are being checked are true facts. Because what's being checked is the truth and what's being let through are the lies, the real disinformation. It's really fascinating to watch. I don't know how to describe how it makes me feel. It's frustrating. It's so deceptive and so ugly, truly disgusting in a country such as ours where we're supposed to be free. But it is what it is. And because it is that, it is time for us to recognize that we must look elsewhere for the truth. We can't just look at one side of the coin anymore. So why is it that these doctors like Dr. Malone and Dr. McCullough risk everything to go on podcasts like the Joe Rogan Experience? I mean, Dr. McCullough came on Vitality Radio podcast, and I loved it. And it was the most listened to show I've ever done. And I thought it was a great show with a lot of excellent content. That episode 175 still gets listens, even though it's months old now. But there's not much risk in going on podcasts like mine where thousands of people listen. There is risk where tens of millions of people listen. I believe the Malone podcast broke over 50 million listens. I think it might be more than that now. And that's what gets the attention of the liars. And that's what gets people like Neil Young to, in their delusion, I doubt that Neil Young or Joni Mitchell or any of these people are intentionally trying to harm these doctors or harm Rogan or harm Spotify. They're scared, they're mad, and they're taking action, which, frankly, I appreciate. People should do that. They're risking money by making this decision to pull their music off of Spotify. According to Neil Young, 60% of his revenue comes from Spotify right now. So good for him for standing for what he believes is true. I just wish that he would look at both sides of the equation before he makes a decision like this. So why, again, do doctors like Malone and McCullough risk everything? They're not making money. Pfizer made $36 billion last year on the vaccine. So we know there's plenty of money in COVID. That's not a problem. But these guys aren't making money doing this. In fact, they're spending their own money and their own time getting out what they believe is critical information for people like you and me. Well, perhaps the reason they do it is because the proof that what they're saying is true is so overwhelming that they can't not talk about it. That's how I feel. I'm 
so tired of talking about COVID. It's annoying to have the same topic almost every week on some level on this podcast. I'll just be honest with you. I keep worrying I'm going to annoy you with all the COVID talk. But the truth is the truth, and the information has to be out there. So I'm not going to stop talking about it. Although, as you probably noticed, I will try to steer clear of it on many episodes to try and give you something that's valuable, that doesn't have to be COVID-related, to try and keep things at least interesting and help you with your health in other ways. So these special episodes are generally dedicated to COVID, and the proof that I use and the proof that Dr. Malone and Dr. McCullough are using and Dr. Cole and Dr. Zelenko and so many others, the frontline doctors that are standing up and telling the truth, much of the proof comes from VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. Now, if you're not yet familiar with VAERS, you may have heard of it now. Most people didn't know what it was prior to the COVID vaccines. I've known about it for years, decades. Most people didn't know it existed, and many people still don't know what it is. But go to OpenVares, O-P-E-N-V-A-E-R-S, OpenVares.com. Now, that's not the official VAERS website. It's an independent website that just tabulates all the numbers from VAERS and makes it user-friendly so you can see it. But every number on the OpenVares site comes from the VAERS data. The VAERS data and the VAERS website is part of the CDC. And it is a way that way back in, I think, 1986, um, the government decided that they would allow people to and, and physicians to report vaccine injuries after they took away all liability from vaccine manufacturers. Now, you, you do know that Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, J&J, they, they can't be sued if their vaccines hurt you. They, they can't. The government took that away. Only the government can be sued. So if you get injured by a vaccine, you have to report it to VAERS and then hope that you've got enough evidence that you can actually get compensated. And that's a whole nother story. But there was a Harvard study that showed that VAERS is extremely underutilized. And obviously it's underutilized because most people don't even know it exists. The fact checkers will tell you that VAERS is not accurate data because there's no way to prove that the vaccines caused harm. It could all be coincidence. And people like McCullough and Zelenko, Malone, myself, will tell you that the VAERS data is extremely underreported and could be as low as maybe 1% to 10% of the injuries that are actually happening. So rather than debate who's right and who's wrong, let's talk about the things that we do know about VAERS. Number one, over 85% of vaccine injuries are reported by doctors and nurses. These people have zero motivation other than their conscience to want to spend 20 or 30 minutes filling out a form and reporting a vaccine injury to VAERS. So they only do it, I believe, because they really believe that that's what's going on. And what ends up happening with those reports? Well, let's look at what the VAERS data says for a minute. As of January 21st, it hasn't been updated this week, which is interesting. Normally, it gets updated, I think, on Mondays. But as of January 21st, 22,607 deaths 
have been reported to VAERS specific to the COVID vaccines. 121,597 hospitalizations, 115,000 urgent care visits, 13,000 cases of Bell's palsy, 9,000 cases of anaphylaxis, an allergic reaction, 166,000 doctor's office visits, almost 3,800 miscarriages, 11,500 heart attacks, 29,716 cases of myocarditis or pericarditis, 40,000 people permanently disabled, 5,300 with low platelet count, 25,777 life-threatening, of which 22,607 have died, 38,000 severe allergic reaction, and 12,000 cases of shingles. So those are the data uh, that we have from VAERS. And again, the fact checkers will tell you that it's just simply not true. None of this can be pinned on the vaccine. But what we know is that prior to covid um, between 1990 and 2020, the average report reporting to VAERS was, in terms of reports of death, around somewhere between 80 and 250. Until in 2021, when these vaccines came out, we got to 22,000. 607 over about a year. 22,607 and prior to that, a high year was about 250. So suddenly we have 22,400 coincidences that we never had before reported to VAERS. It seems unlikely. Does it seem unlikely to you? Okay, what else do we know about the VAERS numbers? The Harvard study that was done from about 2006 to 2009 was done under a grant from the NIH, National Institutes of Health, where Dr. Fallacy works. The idea was to see if they could improve the data capture of all vaccine injuries in real time to make VAERS a system that actually worked. They were going to make it have be automatic instead of forcing healthcare workers to manually report the injuries and deaths. It's a great idea. Catch more injuries, figure out which vaccines are particularly dangerous and get them off the market until they can fix them so that they're doing more good than harm. All of that seems very noble. It all makes a lot of sense. But here are the words from the actual researchers of this study in the results column of the study. This is their words, not mine. Listen carefully because there's a lot of information here. Results preliminary data were collected from June 2006 through October 2009 on 715,000 patients and 1.4 million doses of 45 different vaccines were given to 376,000 individuals. Of these doses, 35,570 possible reactions were identified. That's about 2.6% of vaccines uh, during the study period, which was about three years. This is an average of 890 possible events on average of 1.3 events per clinician per month. So quite a few events, 2.6% of vaccinations given uh, yielded something that could be 
be considered an adverse reaction report, basically. These data were presented in 2009 at a medical conference. And in addition, investigators participated on a panel to explore the perspective of clinicians, electronic health record vendors, the pharmaceutical industry, and the FDA towards systems that use proactive automated adverse event reporting. Adverse events from drugs and vaccines are common, they said, but underreported. Although 25% of ambulatory patients experience an adverse drug event, less than 0.3% of all adverse drug events and 1% to 13% of serious events are reported to the FDA. Likewise, according to their study, fewer than 1% of vaccine adverse events were reported. Low reporting rates preclude or slow the identification of a problem, drugs, and vaccines that endanger public health. Now, what happened with this study? If it was commissioned to find a better way than VAERS to identify vaccine injury, what happened? Because now, what, 12, 13 years later, we're still using VAERS. Well, I'll tell you what happened. It's very, very interesting, and I would say very, very concerning. According to the authors, unfortunately, there was never an opportunity to perform system performance assessments because the necessary CDC contacts were no longer available, and the CDC consultants responsible for receiving data were no longer responsive to our multiple requests to proceed with testing and evaluation. In other words, once the CDC saw the numbers and saw how high the percentage of adverse events were, they stopped participating in the study completely. Like stopped cold, they didn't even respond to the researchers at all. My guess is that they didn't want that information to be public. So according to that Harvard study, 1%, 1% of the people injured by a vaccine actually end up reporting it. Now, Dr. McCullough estimates that maybe it's closer to 10% with the COVID vaccines because there's so much more awareness about the COVID vaccines. And for the first time ever, VAERS is getting some run in media and people actually know there is a system to report these things. The majority of people just assume that all vaccines are safe and effective because that's what we're always told. And the people taking the COVID vaccines to a large degree believe that they're safe and effective, but a lot of people take it because they want to keep their job, because they feel pressure from their family or friends or their church or whatever it is. And many of those people maybe don't believe it's safe and effective, but they do it anyway, thinking, well, it's not that unsafe. And so, yes, definitely, I would say a lot more are being reported with these vaccines than any other vaccines. But to the point of 22,000 deaths, if it's 10% that are being reported, that's 220,000 deaths. So there is real human data that is generally being ignored. Reference back to my show where I interviewed Brianne Dressen, episode 183 of my podcast. Brianne was seriously and it appears permanently injured during her participation in a vaccine trial. She was not an anti-vaxxer. She participated in the trial. After she got hurt by the first shot, she was blackballed out of the trial after just one dose because she was so severely injured. 
And that's what appears to have happened to many people who were injured during the vaccine trials. So when they say safe and effective, perhaps what they mean is safe and effective for the people who didn't get hurt. But what about those who did? Brianne now represents over 12,500 vaccine injured. And those are only the ones who have been able to find her. Most people don't know her group, React19, even exists. These are people who've been damaged or killed by these vaccines. Brianne herself has incurred over $250,000 in medical bills and so far has received a whopping $1,800 to help with that from the drug company who made her vaccine. So if you are concerned about the people who've been injured, please take the time and use any extra money that you've got to text REACT, R-E-A-C-T, REACT, to the number 50155. I've done it. I'm on a recurring monthly donation because these people need help. They're being called anti-vaxxers. They're being called disinformation um, sources. They've been run under the bus by people who are actually opposed to the vaccines and by people who are pro-vaccine. They've found this amazing middle ground where neither side seems to want to help. And certainly the government isn't helping. And certainly the drug companies are not helping. So they need help. This is a good organization. They're doing research to try and expose the truth when it comes to vaccines for COVID-19. And you can help them by texting REACT to 50155. I highly recommend going to react19.org and check out their website. The lies and deception are real. We have to find the truth. It will not be handed to us. And so we'll have to continue to find independent voices, such as Joe Rogan, myself, and many, many others. Dr. Muckola is doing some fantastic work. Dr. Malone, Dr. Cole, Ryan Cole, so many. But we have to go find them. And most of the time, we have to find them on alternative avenues like Rumble, uh, for instance, or Getter uh, instead of Twitter, because the powers that be are squashing this information underfoot. and. It's not okay. So please join me in becoming aware and alert if you are not already to what needs to be discovered and what needs to be shared with friends and family members because media and government are not doing the job. Many countries, Denmark, England, Ireland, Scotland, Finland, just to name some of the ones that have very recently changed what they're doing are easing or eliminating COVID restrictions. Denmark, England, Ireland, Scotland, Finland. Many of these countries are now calling COVID endemic rather than pandemic. And it's going to be around and we can't keep living like this. If England and Denmark and Ireland and Scotland and Finland are doing that, when will America once again become less socialist and more free than these countries? Thank you, my friends, for listening. I know this was kind of an intense rant talking about all this stuff. I don't know what you knew or didn't know about the things that I shared. I will tell you this. I am happy, happy to discuss these things with you. If you want to call and ask questions, call us at 801-292-6662. That's 801 
292-6662 at Vitality Nutrition. And if you are interested in anything else that you've heard on the Vitality Radio podcast, that's where you can call us as well. Thank you so much. I encourage you to share this episode. Share the React 19 text number 50155 with friends and family who see it the way that we see it, if you are in agreement with me. I've received some hate mail during this, so I know not everybody listening agrees with me. And that's okay. I don't need agreement. I just would like to have people be willing to listen. Thank you so much for doing that for me. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. You've been listening to the Vitality Radio Podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched, produced, and written by Jared St. Clair. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you.